Welcome back to our living room and to the Life of Garrity podcast. This week, we're giving you an update on my biologic treatments. Today is a spicy episode. We're going to talk about the current status of my biologic treatments and what that even means. Right. And we're going to answer some questions from our friends on the internet. And first, what's filling up your cup? Segment one, filling my cup. Fall weather's filling my cup. It's my favorite time of year. I'm a basic dude. (laughs) (laughs) And I like all things pumpkin. I like to wear slippies and also sweaters slippers. yeah and i drink hot cider yeah you do from starbucks uh-huh and there's just a thing about fall it's like the changing of the season signals this transition and sort of this kind of retrospective point of view and thinking about like all the fun things that you know we used to do earlier in our relationship in the fall adventures yeah. and it's just such a such an awesome time of year to be outside and see the foliage change. Obviously we got married in the fall and it just it holds a special place, you know? Yeah. So it's definitely filled my cup. I'm trying to enjoy as much as I can. I'm trying to think about any of the outings that we could do, you know, typical like apple picking and stuff like that. I like picking apples, but I only like eating about one per week. So yeah. when you go pick them, you pick like 74. Yeah. About uh-huh. 74 or so. And you come home, and you're like, what do I do with 74 apples? <laughs> Especially living in an apartment with two people. So um, I, I kind of like the novelty. I think the idea is that if um, you don't like picking apples, but you like apples, then there's a partnership in our future. I will be happy to go pick you apples. Yeah. Yeah. But I just can't eat them all. Nope. So that's filling my cup. I am eating a strange amount of apples right now with... Sunflower butter. I'm really into it. I go in and out with apples. Yeah. So what's filling your cup? What's filling up my cup is hearing from all of you about what has impacted you on the podcast. When someone says that they've been listening to the podcast, it just like fills my heart with so much joy and excitement because you, as a creator, you make these things and then you put them out into the world and you have no idea how it's going to land. And then when someone's like, Oh, you said that thing. And it really impacted me in this way. It's like, Oh my gosh, if one person got any value out of any of it, then it was worth it. And I've been getting, we did a, a three weeks of giveaways. And so we got quite a bit of feedback from you all. And it just, Oh, nothing like dangling a carrot. (laughs) We gave away (laughs) some rad gifts. (laughs) Yeah, for real. All right, so we got some questions, and what I want to do first is just give a quick explanation of what this even means. If you go back and listen to episode four, five, and six, it was a three-part series about chronic disease and about how I was diagnosed with both of my autoimmune diseases and then the journey that led to the decision to start biologic treatments, which was uh, December of 2018. So it's been almost two years now, and that was a really difficult decision. So if 
if you haven't heard that, go back, at least listen to episode six so you can kind of, it'll set the table for the mindset going into this phase of my life. So biologic treatments are, they're treatments where you go into an infusion center mm-hmm. and you get an IV of drugs. Yeah. Whatever the drug is that that you're that you're on. So um Yeah, and you know, some of the drugs that have been developed for some of these uh diseases, these treatments, uh have only been approved intravenously. It's yeah. actually very difficult to take the formulation, drug drug formulation that for instance you're on and put it into a delivery system that looks like an oral pill. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times a lot of these more advanced treatments are first approved by the FDA via intravenously. And that's really all it means. You know, you go and they administer the drug in a session mm-hmm. as opposed to giving you a prescription and letting you take them because it's not, it's not possible. Right. It doesn't exist. Yeah. And that's how they can control the safety and efficacy of the drug itself to produce the same outcomes that they were able to produce in the clinic, which is how they got it approved. And essentially this class of drugs that are called biologics, they all, what they do is they suppress your immune system. So each one of them does something a little bit different. And in America, how health insurance works is my doctor calls it, he said it's called step therapy, where the drugs are in a specific order based on which autoimmune disease you have. And you have to go in order. Yeah. Unless your doctor can prove that you need to go out of order, which I was able to do. And how it works is you say, yes, I want to try. Your, your doctor says, okay, I think this, this one is a good option. Then you go through the approval process. So I guess I'll talk about that briefly. In order to get approved, you have to get a chest scan to make sure you don't have any kind of chest infections because these drugs suppress your immune system in such a way that you're very high risk for lung infection. Chest infection like what, COVID? <laughs> oh gosh, right? <laughs> Woof. God. So yeah, so lung infections and then you also have to get checked for a bunch of stuff. I don't even remember what all of it was. But then once medically you are cleared, then the doctor has to go through your insurance and get approval which that approval process takes some time because from an insurance standpoint, they're like, "Uh uh-oh, this is something you're going to be on for the long haul. And that is not ideal. So that's the approval process. So I think that took about two to three months. And then once I got approval, the first drug that I did was called Remicade. And it's a very common drug. It's been around for a really long time. And it also treats a lot of other diseases. It treats plaque psoriasis, uh, rheumatoid arthritis, lots of stuff. Oh, and if this is your first ever podcast episode, I have ulcerative colitis. And this is a drug used to treat moderate to severe ulcerative colitis when other drugs did not work. Yeah. So that's kind of everyone starts at Remicade. And then you have to go from there. And the doctor was straight up. He was like 50-50 chance that it works. If it works, great. If it doesn't, we move on to the next one. It's a broad stroke for autoimmune yeah, suppressants. It's a, yeah. So It's a systemic drug. Yeah. So it's not a guarantee that your body, like if you go to the doctor and you have a sinus infection, they can probably give you an antibiotic that is most likely going to work for that strand of 
whatever, right? But with these, they have no idea how your body's going to respond because everyone's case is different. Everyone's yeah. body is different. So it's kind of like, I don't know, we'll see. And yeah. then if not, then you move on to the next. So one of the questions that we got was, are there any side effects? Now, let's, I want to start with that because I did have a lot of side effects on Remicade. And the answer is, it depends. It depends on the drug you're on and it depends on how your body takes it. I have some friends who are on Remicade and they, they get their infusion and then they go to work and they're fine. For me, my body took it really, really hard and... I would have the side effects that I had were a lot of brain fog mm. and yeah. a lot of uh, I would have like really strong body aches the couple of days after. So between the two of those things, it was it was pretty rough. And because of those side effects. So another thing with with this and people it's it's funny when I try to explain this to people about like how insurance works, they're like no really like how how is that possible yeah and it's like people don't believe you and i'm like well unless you're in this situation and have to walk through it then i guess you'll never really experience it but the truth is in order to get to move on to the next drug they have to make sure that it's not going to work so what they do is they will give you stuff to treat the side effects so they gave me a steroid in my IV and then also like a Benadryl and some other stuff and a Tylenol and other stuff. So they will bump you up as high for as, as at the highest level you can get per your body weight and they will bump you up in frequency. So when you first start a biologic, typically you do your first three, they call them in, the induction infusions. So it's at week zero, week two and week six. And then at that point, your body has lots of the drug in it. And then you go to an eight-week cycle. And that's like typically what insurance approves is the eight-week cycle. Now, if you fail at the eight-week cycle, mean meaning you don't have a positive result, you, you're not able to get into remission after the eight weeks, then they bump you up to four weeks. And then if, you're, if you still don't have any response, then they bump you up to the highest dose. So that is kind of how they, the story that they have to create for the insurance company. They have to prove that they did everything they could and you still failed that drug. They call it tried and failed. Yeah. So after seven months, I was able to, my doctor was able to prove to the insurance company that I had tried and failed. Yeah. And because of, then they have all these other tricky ways of finding out why you failed. And there's a couple of things. One could be that your body built antibodies against the drug, which is kind of like, they call, he calls it an army that your body is like, whoa, whoa. And then it builds an army to fight yeah. the drug. And yeah, it, it doesn't accept it. Yeah. So, yeah. So that would be considered rejection. And there's a test that they send to this fancy lab in California in order to find out whether or not that is happening and that is not what happened for me if it was what happened for me then i would have to keep going along this doing in the order that they say but because i didn't technically reject it meant that i failed that entire class of drugs so now i got to move on to the next class which for ulcerative colitis is antivio You've probably seen commercials for it. Yeah. And what I really liked about this one was that it's a it's not systemic 
the way Remicade is. And I had so many side effects with Remicade. I was just so excited to get on something that was less systemic and I felt like my body would, would accept it a lot better. Mm -hmm. So if you were following me on Instagram at that time, I shared that whole journey. I shared the whole story of the day we, we got accepted for Antivio. Like it was a whole thing. But if you are a new listener and you haven't heard that story, that's kind of the quick notes on what happened. So now I've been on Antivio for a little over a year and as far as side effects, the biggest side effect for me with this one was nausea. So the first six months, I pretty much had my a little bucket next to me. And I would be in the middle of a work meeting and yeah. all of a sudden, I would just feel like I had a stack of pancakes stuck in my throat. Stack of pancakes? Yeah. Is that what it is? That, is that way to describe I, I it? No, that's just like the only way to describe it. Was your that mouth gets all like watery and you're like, yeah. My, my, yeah, my mouth would get watery and all of a sudden I would and and the thing is is like you I could be having a normal conversation, everything is fine and then all of a sudden it just hits you like really quickly. So that was not great. I did right. not enjoy that. But aside from that, I didn't have the brain fog that I had with Remicade where I mean it was to the point where I would get in the elevator and I would just look at the buttons. And I wouldn't know which button to push. Yeah, it was kind of dumbing you down, your personality. I didn't like it. Yeah, it was really weird. And it there was a part of me, honestly, that there were some points where I almost felt like it was a relief in a way because it made me blissfully unaware. Like I just had no idea what was going on and... And it didn't matter. It was like this feeling that like nothing mattered. So once I started... Yeah, it's not so bad. What? It's not so bad. Yeah, it was kind of nice. Like after my infusions, I'm like, I have no zero idea. F's given. Yeah, I, I gave zero F's and I had zero ability to give any F's. So yeah. it was really kind of nice. But unfortunately, from a tactical standpoint, you forget a lot of things. A lot of things slip and it's really hard to like live, uh, you know, I have a big job and yeah and be productive when yeah it's it's really hard to be like a normal person yeah you forget a lot of really in important slow motion things. and i started noticing it too like once i came off of remicade the couple of months while we were waiting for approval to start in tivio there were a couple of months in there where i like the lights started to come back on for me and i was like oh here i am i'm back Mm -hmm. So I haven't had any of those kind of effects with side effects with Antivio and it's really just been the nausea. So, so that was really tough. And after my first three infusions, I, I really, I started to see a lot of positive impact and, or I guess response is the right word. And it was like, it was so exciting. And then after those three, then I went down to the typical eight weeks and it was like that first phase all of my uh symptoms started to come back so that was really disappointing and then it took another four months to get approval from insurance to bump up to a four-week cycle from an eight-week cycle and then what i haven't told everyone on instagram is that a couple months ago insurance decided they didn't want to pay for it anymore yeah so there was a few weeks in there where i was about three weeks behind on my infusions so I'm back on the horse. I started again last Tuesday and we'll be able to continue with that four week cycle for at least the next year. Yep. So we got more questions. 
And uh, some of these came in through social media. So if you guys have more questions and we do a follow-up segment to this or anything else, feel free to DM us on the Insta machine or you can send us an email at hello at lifeofgarity.com. We're, uh, we're happy to take a look at that and see if we can incorporate your questions where possible. So we're talking about the infusions. We got a couple that are kind of uh, somewhat involved uh, with, one, with one another, but we'll start with the first one. So how long does a typical infusion take? That's a great question. It depends on the drug. So Remicade was three hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember long, that. Very long. And Antivio is technically only 30 minutes. But you're in there for a little over an hour because you get there. They do all of your vitals. They check you in. And then, and then you have to wait for the pharmacy to bring the drug. And then... The actual, once they start the IV, it's about, it's about 30 to 35 minutes for that one. So this one is much quicker. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I I really appreciate that. Um, And it kind of makes a little bit more sense because this drug is very targeted to the GI tract and that's why it's so different from Remicade, which is more systemic and that's how you have much less side effects. And it's nice because you only have to sit in the chair for 30 minutes or so. So you can you typically be in and out for like an hour or so. I've been taking lower term infusion since COVID because we don't want to do the mass transit thing. And it takes, I sit out there for about an hour. I think I've done seven or eight infusions since Well, the once every four weeks for the last seven months with the exception of the last three weeks. Yeah. 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 So question number two, the next question. What kind of prep is involved for your infusion? I think you probably take this in two parts, like the day of your infusion, you know, kind of like what you got to do. And then you kind of just touched on what they got to do before they can actually give you an infusion. Yeah. So what I have to do is I just have to show up really. But of course now with COVID, it is a little different. They switched around the way you enter the building so that everyone enters at the same spot. And now you have to be screened in the lobby and they take your temperature and all of that. And then once they've screened you, then you can go up. And um, and now I can't have any visitors because of COVID. So and then, of course, I have to wear a mask. So the the process has changed a little bit because of that. Other than that, really, from like a lifestyle standpoint, I always try to make sure just because I don't know how I'm going to feel the next day or later on that day, I try to make sure I already have like a plan set in place for dinner. And Ryan has to do some prep because he's been driving me. So he kind of has to take off that chunk of time from work and uh, drive me into the city. And if you don't know, we live about a 30 minute drive. So I get my infusions at Mount Sinai on the upper east side of New York City. You call it 30 minutes. It's yeah, it takes 30 minutes to drive, but they could probably throw throw a football at the uh, at the hospital from here. Yeah, you can see it. Very and throw close. a football over them buildings. <laughs> yeah. Very close, but we have to drive through the Lincoln Tunnel and then through Manhattan. Yeah, exactly. I think it's also important to note that the infusion center, although it's part of Mount Sinai, it's on their campus. It's not actually the hospital itself, which is right. which is good. Yeah, we have to go to the hospital, but. Uh, with COVID, it's been it's been good because people were concerned or asking me about you and whether or not we have to go to the hospital. And I was like, well, it's the infusion center is separate, which is nice. 
but it is on the same floor as on the other side of the uh, the other side of the floor of, of where they gave the uh, radiation the radiation and nuclear drugs for yeah. for chemotherapy and things like that yeah um, but yeah it's it's part of that whole complex there which is which is good yeah yeah so for that question as far as the prep is concerned you just touched on that one with question one I mean typically the the, the way the process looks is you go and do all the vitals and all that fun stuff and you know they make sure to uh, double check that you're the right person getting the right drug. Yeah, I know that. I remember verify. that. They have to ask you that. They have to verify a couple times. Yeah. They have the runner that go gets it and brings it, and then the nurse checks, and then somebody else checks. It's and then they show it to you. Yeah. They show you the bag. What your name is on it. Yeah. Hook it up. Good process. <laughs> it's clear liquid, by the way. So. Although Intivio is a little cold, it has to be kept in the fridge. So when it first goes in, it's a little cold. <laughs> yeah. So you touched a little bit on the side effects, uh, and, and at least Remicade and, and, and a little bit with Intivio. Um, this listener wanted to know how you felt after an infusion. So yeah. maybe, maybe more so like, like immediately after your infusion, like how do you feel? Yeah, it's interesting because with Antivio, I feel totally normal right after my infusion. I don't feel any different. With Remicade, I felt like I was moving in slow motion <laughs> and like my legs weighed 10,000 pounds. You said that a lot. You'd be like, my legs are moving so slow. Yeah. I just, I moved really slow after those. So after, afterwards, I definitely had, I, f I felt very different mentally and physically. Yeah. That's why Antivia is like a miracle drug. Yeah. Yeah. It goes in and, and attaches itself to the bad guys and tells them, hey, can we just, can we just stop? Let's yeah. stop fighting. Let's be cool. Real quick. Yeah. Let's just chill. Be cool. That's what it does. Yeah. Our last question is our favorite question. Yeah. It comes from one of our listeners. It, it asks, <laughs> how are you such a badass even when it's hard? <laughs> oh, this is the best. It's one of our favorite people. Yeah. Hi, Liz. I, uh, this brings me to tears. It's this, it's funny because there is this idea of like, I was, I'm a positive person by nature. I see the silver lining in things, but I'm always kind of skating that line between like being realistic and leaning into the reality of what is going on, but also just knowing that like, there's nothing else you can do. You just have to keep on going. And if you have listened to episode four through six, I talk a lot about the mindset of how, like how devastating it was emotionally to have to pursue a treatment like this. And now I feel so much better about it. And I'm like, well, this is my life. But at the time it was absolutely devastating. And, you know, I think more and more, we just, we learn that Life is weird and we got to just make the best of it. Yeah. That's the understatement of the year. <laughs> yeah, Life is Yikes. weird. Definitely got to make the best of it. Yeah. So life is hard. Life is really hard. And, you know, one of the big things that we talked about last week too is just open up the window and let it breathe. Yeah. And Ryan holds a lot of space and we try really hard to not ignore it and look the other way and to be honest and really lean into what is 
Yeah. It's not helpful to not talk about, I think, a hallmark of our parents' generation and their generation is to not talk about things. Yeah. I think that that's like death by a thousand cuts. Just there'll be a time and place where it comes out, you know? Yeah. So we need to just be realists about it, which I think we are. Yeah. And I think that that's super helpful. And that was a huge inspiration for this, for starting this podcast was to just be honest about the hard things in life and, and hope that we can help someone else not feel so alone. Yeah. liked this podcast, please rate and review. And if you screenshot it and email it to us with your mailing address, we will send you a fun gift from one of our favorite companies for Sigmatic. All of this information is in the show notes. See you next week.